Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random McBerrtowili's host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today, and I want to start real quickly because we got to get into that interview with Trust Women that we didn't get through yesterday. And I, I, and in my, in my, what I'm supposed to do to get messages out, I've got to get her interview out. So let's go ahead and start real quickly. Michael Rudden, welcome aboard. Uh, AVQ, Bridge MCP, Deborah John from LA, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, be careful out there. It's raining like hell. The world could not, they could be doing much more to help India. You've heard of flatten the curve. If too many people get infected at the same time, they'll overwhelm their doctors and hospitals' ability to cope. Then the overflow will lead to a large excess on this third death. This is such worse than I thought. This is grim. India is going, I'm not going to read the whole thing. India is going through a whole lot of stuff, but it's not only that. India is going through a whole lot of stuff, but because so many people are getting infected, so many people are getting the disease, what can also happen is we can get mutations of the, of the disease, and that will permeate itself throughout the world. So th- people that may think, oh, that is over there, we need to start thinking about the entire globe as an infrastructure that we have got to keep together for our own sake as well. Moderna is pledging to supply the world with billions of COVID-19 vaccine doses. Protesters say it's not enough. That's enough do- doses for a quarter of the world's population, a substantial quantity, just not enough before the next variants may require booster shot. Exactly right. I'm not going to continue that. I'm going to just state I've been going over that, that, that data for quite some time now. We have to get serious. First of all, we need to stop allowing these corporations to dictate how this is going to go. We need to go into a mass production system all over the world. India, China, Russia, uh, Brazil, all the big countries need to build these factories. These patents need to be destroyed. This stuff was made with your tax dollars. This uh, uh, DNA, uh, I mean, messenger RNA isn't a new thing. It was created by government dollars long time ago. Now this was a perfect test case for it. And now that we're going to have corporations building and making all the profits, to hell with that. That is anti-human. That is immoral. It is time for us to kill those patents and go ahead immediately and make this public domain for the world. We can pay them to make the drugs. And if they decide that they don't want to be a part of it, then we can create the factories to do so on a governmental level. It is time for us to get serious. Capitalism is killing people. We're not building the amount of drugs that we need to build because we are restricted by who wants to make profits from it. Hawaii became the first state to declare a climate emergency. Yes, climate change is a national emergency, one for which we only have a few years remaining to mount. Look, all of that is true. All of that is true. We know it. Let's keep repeating it. Thank you for stating it, guys. Read it. I can't go any further on that. Uh, Paul Fleming from ATL, welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, welcome. Norman Reynolds, welcome aboard. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eric Hayes, no, Egberto, we just need to help them out. No, we need to solve a problem, a worldwide problem. Science is important. Science is important. Science is important. We have to know how these diseases get transmitted. If we don't mitigate it at the start and wait for what happened in the United States where we killed a lot of people, that is what. Capitalism somehow brought these vaccines to us, didn't they? No. Didn't you hear what I said in the beginning, Eric Hayes? It was your tax dollars that funded message RNA. This is not anything new. Capitalism had nothing to do with it. Capitalism had everything to do with marketing it. Let's start being honest and get the truth. Put it in your head, my brothers and sisters. Your money paid for messenger RNA, which is the basis of Moderna and uh, Pfizer. Thank you so kindly, folks. Let's go and 
move on to our interview and then we'll come back and have a chat. Let's get busy. Vamos a comenzar esta cosa ahorita mismo. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today we have a special guest. As you know what's happening in Texas, what's happening all over the country, not only with insurgents, not only with all these different issues, but also with an issue dear to the hearts of many women. Today we're lucky to have Julie A. Burkhart, founder and CEO of Trust Women. Uh, she's a former advisor to Dr. Tiller. Yes, that Dr. Tiller and has led the fight for choice in legislatures, courtrooms, and at uh, front lines of reproductive justice for, uh, has been at the front line of reproductive justice for the last three decades. Julie Burkhart, welcome to Politics and Right. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Edberto. It's really nice to be here. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. But, you know, before we get into uh, talking about uh, the the, the, the organization that you're in, let's talk a little bit about what's happening in this country. Uh, we have turned into a pretty darn violent country, wouldn't you say? Or maybe we have always been. What's the case? Well, I would say um, yes, and uh, yes and yes, that um, we have always had violence in this country. Um, some of it, I would say, has been... Um, less visible um, or people haven't um, paid attention to certain uh, violence in this country. And then most certainly um, over the past uh, several years, violence has risen in this country. And, it, and especially, I was just um, you know, recently reading a Wall Street Journal article, I believe it was the Wall Street Journal uh, that was talking about you know, the rise of violence and, um, and what we've seen in this country, especially since President Barack Obama mm -hmm. uh, was elected and then subsequently um, Donald Trump coming into office. Yeah, Donald Trump kind of really pushed a lot of buttons. He, he, he always talked about he was able to get to the, corn, the, the bad part of the carnality of humans because, uh, you know, he was able to bring out all the things that people were scared of or the misinformed that, you know, he was just good at that. Now, one of, one of the issues is that right now we have a lot of this violence coming from the right side. And it so happened that the right side has a lot of issues with women. It has a lot of issues with uh, colorization, race. It has a lot of these other issues. How has that impacted you in your life proper? Well, I can say in recent years, um, and well, one, there have been a couple of incidents that have just been chilling. Um, one was the very night that Donald Trump was elected, our clinic in Wichita, Kansas was vandalized and someone actually broke in. Um, and this was a, a person who identifies as anti-choice. Um, and that was um, just not a great way to uh, begin uh, knowing that we were going to have this um, right-wing president coming in uh, to the White House. It was chilling at best. Um, also, just recently, we had a gentleman show up um, at our clinic in Oklahoma City, and that's where we have our two clinics. Um, he showed up at our Oklahoma City uh, clinic with an automatic rifle 
a pistol and knives strapped to his body. And um, that was chilling as well. I was uh, scared to death for the staff, uh, our patients coming in and out. And of course we had to involve law enforcement in that. Now was he uh, on the public portion on the sidewalks or something, meaning not on your property? Yes, he, he was in the public right of way, but he was, his, um, uh, he, 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 his body and then his messaging was aimed towards uh, people who were on our property and at the clinic. I don't want to get into the guns issue here, uh, but don't you find it ironic that rightfully based on the laws I imagine in o Oklahoma, likewise the laws here in Texas and many other uh, red states, mm -hmm. these guys have all the rights to have load themselves up with guns and stand right in front of your place, becoming a menace be legally. What do you think about that? Well, absolutely, because when we called the police, um, he was open carrying and he was well within his rights, even though his intent was to uh, put the fear of God in those of us at the clinic um, who, you know, patients and staff alike. Um, there was no, um, there was no positivity in his uh, presence at our facility. It was only that to harass and intimidate. And, and also, we don't know who is going to be trigger happy and decide right now, this very day, at this very moment in time, I'm going to pull this trigger and uh, I'm going to shoot these people. And um, so we had a lot of, a lot of scared folks. It is amazing because a lot of times people would say, well, guns don't kill people. People do. But it's interesting that people in countries where there are not a lot of guns, meaning a lot of people don't have access to use the guns at their whims, um, a hell of a lot less people die, right? Correct. Right. A lot fewer people die. Right. And right. This is, I guess, getting into the gun issue. But, you know, how many people in this country every year are, um, you know, killed by um you know, by gun violence. And, yeah, well, yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about your uh, your past experience with uh, uh, Dr. George Tudor. Tell us a little bit about your feelings there. Oh, well, I will say that um, I miss him every day. Um, he was just one of the best people I've ever worked with. Um, as you can tell, I have a sign on my wall there um, that he actually gave me that was hanging on his wall at one point when I worked for him. Um, he, you know, his spirit was one of compassion and giving the best medical care to people that he could. And, you know, one thing that he would just say very simply is that, you know, people need a little help every now and then. And he felt that his job was to give people that help. Um, I would also say that this, you know, the abortion field for him was something that came calling for him. He did not go looking for that. Um, just the way that that evolved in his, in his life. Um, he was actually going to be a dermatologist, um, <laughs> if you can imagine that. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, a little more low-key than being a, an abortion provider. Um, but because of the way things worked out in his uh, family and uh, then patients coming and calling, uh, asking him, um, that's the way his life professional path. Um, 
you know, he believed that, um, well, he would always say, I'm a woman educated physician. And, you know, women are able to make difficult, complex decisions for themselves and come to reasonable conclusions. And so he looked at himself more as a facilitator. Um, I find it amazing that for the people that, that there are a lot of people that, first of all, let, let me ask it this way. A, a lot of people frowned on abortions. Um, why shouldn't they frown on abortions? Give, give an explanation to those people who frown on the practice and why they shouldn't. Well, I would say one reason is that you never know how your life is going to unfold. Um, and so here, there, there are a couple of examples. Um, in, talk, in talking with people um, who would identify as, say, uh, Republican, you know, maybe more to the right, um, people who would say, I'm pro-life, I'm anti-choice, I don't believe in abortion. Well, if you, if you dig deeper sometimes into those conversations, you find that those people actually have been faced with having to make that decision. Um, just recently in talking, you know, with some gentlemen who uh, their partners had had abortions. Um, one definitely was, uh, there was a fetal abnormality and their baby was not going to survive. Um, I forget what the other reason was, but th those are two prime examples of you, you just never know. You never know how life is going to unfold. And so therefore we need to leave that right up to each individual in consultation with their family, friends, medical uh, professionals, if they wish to make these decisions for themselves. Um, now, for those who have that the issue that that is a life. Now, let me tell you, my personal opinion is that I am personally too dumb to know where life begins unless it is, uh, unless a baby is born. That's my honest opinion. And my second opinion is that I can't have a kid. It's, it's presumptuous of me as a man to really tell a woman who has, I don't want to call it a burden, but who has that, that responsibility to try to uh, dictate what she's going to do. Not only that, as a political activist, I understand that given that I can't have kids and women can, and that everything in this economy, everything in this economy has some sort of a, a, a financial uh, repercussion for which a government doesn't really uh, give this, the, the kind of aid that it should, it definitely should be a woman's choice. Now, first, let me know what you, how do you handle the part? Is it a life or it is not a life? And secondly, from an economic standpoint. Well, and I think that that's where, like you were saying, um, we all have our very different opinions about when life begins um, or, or what that life means. And so that's yet just another reason why people should be left to make these decisions um, in private um, with you know, the people that they want to surround themselves with. Um, you know, that, that, that can be based on, you know, just your own personal 
feeling. It could be based on your religious background, your, you know, spirituality. Um, so um, it, that's tricky. And um, that's where, you know, definitely when women are coming in and we're doing our consultations, which some people call counseling with them and talking, you know, some some people have this question, but that is a question for them to answer that we could, we could not answer for them uh, because abortion is so personal and private, we can't make that decision. Um, and then, yes, from an economic standpoint, you know, if, if someone's wanting to say finish their college career, you know, and, and taking care of a child or, or another child, you know, that could put too much of a strain on them in the moment to be able to finish that career uh, in college, to be able to advance, to then provide a better life for their children, subsequent children. We have um, a very uh, patchwork um, childcare system where it's challenging if uh, you have a baby or a toddler or a small child um, to be able to afford uh, to put them in that, uh, you know, daycare or childcare center. So there are um, a, a lot of considerations that go into, you know, women's decision making. And also what I want to say is in this part of the country where we have our clinics, 70% of the people who come and see us for abortion care, 70% are already parents. And so oftentimes what we hear is, you know, those folks will say, I'm just trying to make a good decision for the children that I already have and that I love dearly and I want them to have a good life. Yeah, it, it, it is amazing because, I mean, uh, when you talk about the patchwork of, uh, you know, we have problems in Congress getting laws passed for good child care. Uh, we have pro people want to get to work. They need child care. We don't offer that. But um, even most importantly, what we find is that we, we somehow want to control women as far as whether they can, whether they should or not carry a, a child. But after that child is born, the policies that are necessary to support that child to make sure they live, many times it's not there and they die, isn't it? You know, I mean, so there are a lot of things to look in that regards. Okay, tell us a little bit about Trust Women. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so I founded Trust Women in July of 2009, um, just a few short weeks after, um, as you had referenced, my former boss and mentor, Dr. George Tiller, had been assassinated. Um, I fortunately had some just wonderful friends and uh, family and colleagues um, coming to me and saying, okay, what do what are we going to do now? How are we going to bounce back from this? Um, not that you can, I believe, ever fully bounce back from a tragic death like that, but how, how are we going to fill this space so that we don't give these right-wing extremists the final say? You know, we're not going to sit down and shut up because they took our very beloved, uh, this very beloved person away from us. Um, so Trust Women was born out of that. And um, it took about a year uh, to really figure out the mission and vision of the organization.
I, I really, and I've done more political and um, legislative work in my career, and that's mm-hmm. what I did for Dr. Tiller. But it became very apparent that if we also don't have points of access and we're not providing services in areas that are underserved, then we can elect all the you know wonderful legislators out there that we are able to and pass all the bills we want. Um, but we need also the facilities and the ability for people to also access that care. So um, we went about starting up the clinic again, and we are in Dr. Tiller's former clinic in Wichita. Or uh, Kansas, right? Yes, in Wichita, Kansas, which I, I just feel just really blessed and happy every day that we were able to uh, make that work. Is that the only location in Kansas? That, no. There, there are two clinics in Kansas City uh, that provide services, and then we also have a Planned Parenthood in Wichita, but Trust Women in this part of the state is the only medical and surgical abortion provider. So we're the only medical and surgical facility outside of Kansas City. Wow. And, yeah. and you're in Oklahoma City, another Oklahoma- state with a lot of restrictions. Yes. Um, and there we, um, there are also three other providers in the state, uh, but we're the only provider that goes um, up to the legal limit, um, which is um, 21.6 weeks uh, gestation. Mm-hmm. So we, we see a lot of Texas patients as well. I can imagine. Uh, now, um, what are the states with the most severe restrictions, as you recall right now? Oh, goodness. Well, uh, Mississippi, Oklahoma, um, it, well, Arkansas, Louisiana, um, Texas, Missouri, Texas. <laughs> let's, I'm in Texas. Let's not, yes, let's not leave Texas off. Uh, we're actually waiting for a decision to come down from the circuit court in Texas. Um, so if you, so I guess, for example, I, I was looking at a New York Times article on abortion access. Um, it was several months ago now, but basically it, it, it came straight down the middle of the country through the Midwest and all through the Southeast. And those are the states represented that are incredibly regulated with punitive anti-choice laws. Uh, that is sad because that, that has an impact and, you know, uh, People in red states uh, look for abortion too, and we, we know that if it's not there legally, they're gonna women are gonna do what women have to do to get their lives together, and and those who are incapable of doing it, we've almost sentenced them to to many times to economic disaster. Your point, your 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 thoughts. Yes, that's that's absolutely right, um, and that. If we are not giving people that ability to control their own fertility and make those own decisions and choices for their lives, it is. It's a sentence of, you know, taking matters into their own hands, which might not be safe. Um, Also, uh, more poverty. Um, The University of California, San Francisco, in one of their departments, they've recently, well, it's not recent, but they've done a turnaway study and just looking at the outcomes for 
uh, women who have been turned away from abortion uh, services. And so those findings um, are not positive for people who are not able to access those services. So it's the turn away study, um, if anybody wanted to look that up. Now, Juliet, uh, we're, we're coming close to the end. And what I always do with my programs is because I know I definitely uh, don't have all the questions or the answers for that matter. I ask you to tell me anything you want to tell me that I should have asked, but that you want to get out there. <sighs> well, I, um, I guess going back to our original um, or what we first talked about in terms of violence in America um, and that rising tide of violence, you know, we in the um, abortion world have uh, faced violence for a long time, as I know other segments and groups of um, people have people have in this country. And the, the thing that's really important is that, you know, and of course, we are just coming off a presidency uh, where he was all about gaslighting and encouraging this violence. But when we see these extremist groups, no matter who their hatred is targeted towards, you know, feeding lies, uh, you know, the dis disinformation um, through social media, um, you know, that is, you know, giving, giving that permission and uh, feeding those false uh, beliefs, you know, that, that is damaging. So I, I wish people could just really see that, um, just, just, just how damaging, and I'm sorry, I'm not being very articulate on this here, but I understand. <laughs> I think everybody understands exactly what you're saying. Okay. Yes. And it's, um, and, and, you know, just, just what, you know, just what I or Dr. Tiller had experienced, uh, you know, bombings, flooding, um, windows, shot out, knocked out, and then, you know, his ultimate assassination. And, you know, what good does that really do for us collectively as a country and a people? Um, and so it's sad and um, to be driven by such fear. It is, it is in fact sad. Uh, well, Julie Burkhart, founder and CEO of Trust Women, uh, thank you for what you do and thank you for how you stand up to uh, to all the negative because uh, we do need you. So you have a wonderful day and thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right. This has been a pleasure and thank you. Thank you so much. We imagine she was there. She's one of the women who worked with uh, 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 Dr. Oops, what? Just went to brain for it. But he got assassinated. He used to uh, do uh, abortions, sadly. Uh, they really did. Now, I, I, I hear a whole lot of Daniel Lado saying, oh, they're killing babies, they're killing babies. You know, I'm too dumb to know when, uh, a, a, when, when a, bla a, a blastosis or a, a, a one of these thing, one of these clump of cells become a human being. I'm, it's above my pay grade. What I do know is as a person who can't have kids, as a person who pregnancy will never affect economically, as a person, you know, I mean, a lot, a lot of times we have a lot of folk, Tiller, Dr. Tiller, thank you. A lot of times we have a lot of people on the right who they want to tell a woman what to do with her body. If somehow she gets pregnant 
or whatever, you must carry that to term, etc., etc., etc. And when it is time to help her uh, raise the kid, you know, I mean, first of all, I respect the conservative who says um, conception begins from the time that sperm reaches the egg and, uh, you know, no abortion under any circumstances, no, whether it's rape or whatever, because that was created by God. The problem is they never, they never, they have all these exceptions, right? And once you have one exception for something like that, it means that you're given plausibility to all other possible exceptions that have a material effect on somebody's life, right? That's what they've refused to want to accept. Here is the reality, folks. Those on the right that want to control the bodies of women, it's not about caring for that fetus. It's not about caring for that supposed life. It's all about something we spoke about yesterday. It's all about control. I want to control a woman. I want to let her know that we are in control. You see more men fighting for this issue than you see women. I mean, and you, you have to wonder, we have to be clear on this. I have no, I should have no decision in what a woman does with her body. I should have zero. Unless I can carry a kid, I should keep my mouth shut. And all those men out there trying to tell a woman what, what she should do with her body or all that sort of stuff should keep their darn mouths shut and instead give women support. You want to be helpful? Pass laws that create conditions that prevent abortions. Invest in people. Don't just tell them what you want them to do and then you're never there for them. Anyhow, I want to go ahead and play a, a, a video on uh, our good old Kevin Brady, who's one of those, those particular politicians who love to lie about deficit spending and all that sort of stuff, but it's never there for humanity. Let's go ahead and listen to uh, this, this, what I can only call, mm, respectfully, a clown. Let's go ahead and listen because Chuck Todd really tore him up. And you know, Chuck Todd, if Chuck Todd got pissed, you know it's really bad. Texas Congressman Kevin Brady went on to uh, Chuck Todd, MTP Daily, and did what he does best, lie, misinform, and everything in between about the economic model, etc. Let's listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. It does feel as if Washington Republicans, many people like yourself and maybe Senator Tim Scott and Senator McConnell still want to have the Republican Party be the party of fiscal discipline. But it doesn't look like that's a message that's taking hold inside the party. Do you think the party has lost its interest that the rank and file has moved in another direction? They've lost their interest in these deficits? Yeah, yeah, great question. Absolutely not. I think that this rising deficit uh, keeps most Republicans awake, and especially right now, because clearly we're seeing just an unprecedented spending spree on a lot of programs uh, that Americans don't necessarily want or need, and it's going to land, obviously, on our children. I think the biggest issue right now is what we can do for the debt uh, is to grow this economy. 
The president's been fortunate. Uh, he inherited a strong recovery in uh, life-saving vaccines. But I think right now, I worry he's sabotaging the jobs recovery because of these crippling tax hikes. I think it's going to land on working families, will drive jobs overseas. And look, that's the last thing we need right now. Well, you talk about, look, the fiscal issues. Um, your party, when it is in charge, has not once lowered the debt, not once lowered the deficit. It's not happened. You know this. It is not happened. So that's Why? a bit. Yeah. So, Chuck, that's a bit misleading because my first several years in Congress, we balanced the budget as a Republican Congress. With a, the debt went up, of course, and because a Democratic of the way president. we borrow Social Security and Medicare. Yes, in a Republican Congress, because the Democrat president didn't do it when he had a Democrat Congress. And by the way, in the two years after the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, we had the two highest record levels of income and revenue into the United States government. Um, so we know if you grow the economy, you grow revenues. It is not misleading. Republicans have had full control of the government multiple times in the 21st century, and the debt has skyrocketed both times. Why? So, uh, as have Democrat uh, uh, leaders as well. Now, you know, most recently, we came together uh, in four or five bipartisan bills to tackle this pandemic, crush this virus, respond to what was going on mm -hmm. in our hospitals and health care, and save our small businesses. I, I supported those bipartisan measures because that's what we needed to get uh, crush this virus and get out of this uh, economic uh, crisis. All right, notice what he did there, Mona, to take the last one first. Uh, he told them, look, you guys have been in total control of the government two times in the last few decades. And every single time, the budget skyrocketed. And the reason the budget skyrocketed whenever they had complete control of government is they are anathema to taxes. They will not raise taxes, but at the same time, they will go ahead and spend uh, money to give away tax cuts and all that sort of stuff. And But the way they raise taxes is, is sort of things like user fees and all that sort of thing. And that is the reason why they have always exploded the budget. There's nothing fiscally responsible, nothing conservative about conservatives in Congress. They have never fulfilled the promise when Ronald Reagan. And by the way, uh, the second thing I want to talk about when they talk about spending like uh, they're, they're spending like crazy uh, and they balance the budget once. They actually did balance the budget once under Bill Clinton, but it wasn't they who balanced the, the, the budget. We have to remember, I wrote a book. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom, where I went through the presidencies of Carter, the presidency of Reagan, the presidency of Bush 1, Bush 2, early Obama, as well as uh, under Clinton when the budget was balanced. And the reason the budget got balanced under Bill Clinton is Bill Clinton followed up on Bush 1, who said, remember, uh, read my lips, I won't raise taxes. And you know what he did? In the last year, he had to raise taxes because he couldn't deal with this exploding budget. And then came in Clinton, didn't get not one Republican vote, not one Republican vote in the House, not one. But he raised taxes and the economy exploded. Everybody always talk about how great the Reagan economy was, right? He created 16 million jobs or something like that. Guess who? I explained it in this book and I explained why. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. Here, here's why. Because Clinton created many more jobs than did Reagan. Clinton had a more powerful economy than Reagan. And the reason why is simple. It's not rocket science. Is 
The people who you can tax, the people who have pilfered your money, who have your excess labor in their wealth, when you tax them, you bring that money back into the economy where it circulates. And what does that circulation provide? More jobs. So when, when you hear Kevin Brady, uh, uh, Republican Kevin Brady, when you hear him say, oh, uh, he's going to kill jobs by raising taxes. No, raising taxes correctly jobs because it creates demand. You take the money from people who are not spending it, people who hoarded it, people who got it undeservedly based on their based on an economic fraud that is our economic system. We take back some of that money, we put it back into the economy and we let it function. It is that simple. Now when he talks about uh, about Biden spending, here's the problem. Biden hasn't started spending except for the $2 trillion for the relief package. Uh, that, that mo- the, the real money to be spent isn't there yet. What's going to really fly this economy hasn't gotten into the economy yet. We have to get it passed. Philip likely will have to bust the filibuster to get some of that passed. But I want to know what planet this guy lives on. He's saying Biden wants to provide money for things that people don't even want. That is the problem with these Congress people. They don't understand the suffering that goes on in America. They don't understand that many um, people are not going back to work because they don't have what to do with their kids. Their kids' needs need daycare. How can they provide daycare when the cost of daycare is equivalent to more than the minimum wage job many of them would go to? How? How? Many of them have health issues. How could they get themselves healthy to go back to work when they can't afford to go to a clinic, when they don't have insurance, when they are in states like Texas that's murdering their citizens by not allowing them to have the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act? Again, people, these guys live on another planet. He claims in 18 months we are going to have the house again. If the American people give these criminals the house again in, in 18, after they've attempted to overthrow the government, after they are, they're telling you that they're not going to provide you with the assistance that you need to lift yourself up, after they're telling you, they're not hiding it from you, they're telling you, we don't think you need what Dr. Biden is providing to you with tax with tax increases to, on, on, the, on the few to make sure that we can have an economy that serves the many. They're telling you, we don't want you to have that. If for some reason these guys are able to get themselves in control of the House and the Senate and or the Senate, the, we repeat, America would have gotten exactly what it deserves. All right, folks, I'm not going to forget my ass today. Thank you, Bridge MCP and and Norman and all those that have reminded me over the last few days. Anyhow, let's go this way. If you are on YouTube, please support this program. We are out there telling the truth. We are out there giving the progressive message. We are out there counteracting the criminals like uh, Kevin Brady and others who are misleading you into voting against your own interests, in effect, causing the deaths of many Texans. I know it sounds radical to say that, but 
That is what's happening. That is the effect of allowing their policies to metastasize. It has metastasized in Texas for several decades now. And we can look at the sickness rate in Texas. We can look at the uninsured rate in Texas. We can look at the death rates in Texas. This is directly a responsibility of the policies that the Republican government in Texas has done. We are there to expose it because many of the institutions, many of the papers, etc., won't. Why can't they? Because, again, they are owned and paid for by the plutocracy. We are owned and paid for by those, the people, we, the people of the United States, in order to create a better union. So please, folks, please click that join button and become a member of the PDR Posse. You would help offload the cost of getting this done. You help me. Actually, folks, I also need to start, I need to hire about two people part-time to help it out. It's killing me. So please help us out. Click that join button, become a part of the PDR Posse. And by the way, our PDR Posse has a correspondent cup that you can purchase to help support us as well, created by Bridge MCP, the leader of our PDR Posse. And look, there's a lot more that's going to happen with our PDR Posse, along with the release of our new book, uh, How to Create, uh, How to Turn, How to Make America Utopia. We are going to have a page. We already have the page. We just have to build it out that we're going to help folks with. So please go ahead and do that. If you don't see the link to uh, the join button, or if you're on another network, just go ahead and click this that I'm putting in here, uh, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube to join us. You can also support us. We need a lot of patrons, folks. We don't have enough. Uh, please support our patron at politicsdoneright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsdoneright.com slash patron. Or you can always support us, of course, via PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Oh, I didn't show the cup. How bad of me. So let me go about 30 seconds more talking so that I can actually do some, um, so that you can see all those people that have purchased our cups so far. Anybody who have purchased our cups, books, or whatever, please take a picture of you. If you're not too scared and just send it out, I'd love to. Look, I like to expose all of you that, that are actually helping out. If you go to our page at Willie's Media LLC, you'll see all those people that have helped us uh, keep this stuff going. But also, I, I, I like pictures as well. I know a lot of you guys are shy, but I love pictures. I love to get it out there. Anyhow, uh, you can also support us by purchasing the book. The book is called How It's Worth It. How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. You can get that book at the link that I just, the Amazon link that I just put on the screen. Uh, but if you want to get rid of the middle person so that we'll make a few more pennies on the book, instead of completely going through the, Mac, the Amazon channel, which you know is a billionaire channel, you can always go to politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. That will help us immediately. Look, until I get to about 1,000 members, I cannot get a producer. Until I get a producer... All the bookings I've got to do myself. i got to find all the politicians, all the, the activists, all of those that you see on the screen, which means 16-hour days, seven days a week. Uh, when this pandemic is over, I want to do some more traveling, so I'll probably come up with a GoFundMe because I've been thinking about getting, getting some paint to put on my car that just says politics and right and drive around. The car. I'm, not, I'm not sure what I'm doing yet uh, with that. But, you know, we're, we, there, of course, there are some other, ins, other conferences that we're going to be going to. Uh, well, put a mug in front, your mug, and take a picture. 
Yes, please do. And here is the mug as well. Let me put it closer. Designed by Bridge MCP. Anyhow, um, Egberto, why not an intern? Um, here's, you know, a lot of people say, hey, get an intern to do this X, Y, Z. Here's what I feel. Um, you know what I preach. Medicare for all, all that good stuff. I wish we had Medicare for all where everybody taken care of, which means I wouldn't have to have that cost. My taxes that I pay and all of us pay, as a society, we take care of each other. I can't, I can't, uh, in, with all the stuff that I talk about, ask somebody to come and do all this stuff for me and not pay them uh, with health insurance. You know, my, my wife asked me that one time, and I said, you know what? I preach that, you know, how bad these companies are. They have people working, et cetera, and they're working at a discount. Uh, if somebody wants to help me, like Norman went ahead and Norman did the, uh, the, the voiceover for the book. As a, you know, Norman's an engineer, retired, and he decided that he wanted, he's going to do the voiceover for the book. That's great. Uh, Bruce Pollard decided that he was going to do some editing on the, uh, on the latest book, uh, How to Make America Utopia. That's great. But to have somebody that's going to do a steady set of work for me, there's just something deep inside that I can't, you know, I just don't feel right not paying somebody what I know they're worth. And, and that's the thing. So I just go ahead and I kill myself to do it because um, I preach that people who hire others, if you can't afford to pay them, you have not a company but a hobby. And what I do right here is I, that's why I can afford to pay myself based on what I get from all the support that I get from uh, you know YouTube, all that good stuff. It takes me 16 hours to do it. But, but, if I'm to bring somebody else, it's going to be when we reach that critical mass that says we can afford to pay somebody to do work consummate with what they're doing. And that's the reason why uh, I do that. Okay, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time. Uh, I, You know, I got, I got to get over that. That's my hang-up. I got to get over, uh, I got to get over that. Uh, if, some, if a CS student came and told me without me asking, say, hey, I definitely want to do that, I'll definitely... Do something like that. Let me play the other video. This one is important. Oops is how it starts. I name it. Check this out. Yesterday, Tim Scott gave one of the most disingenuous responses to a presidential uh, speech that I've ever heard. And uh, what was interesting is these guys are so anti-government and, and they claim that uh, President Biden is also big government. Well, you know, interestingly enough, the truth of the matter is big government or right-sized government is what have done miracles for this company when we the people get together to get things done. But you know what? Aaron Klein threw shade at Tim Scott in the most perfect way when it came to the development of the vaccine. Let's listen to that, and I want to take it a bit further. I want us to kind of get a, a real display of how things work in this country. I want to go to one other point uh, that Senator Scott raised, and, and that is uh, that you came into office when the tide had already turned on the COVID-19 crisis. Let's listen to that. This administration, a tide that had already turned. The coronavirus is on the run. Thanks to Operation Warp Speed and the Trump administration, our country is flooded with safe and effective vaccines. Thanks to our bipartisan work last year, job openings are rebounding. 
Are you willing to share credit with the Trump administration for the vaccine effort in that uh, the vaccines were developed uh, during the Trump administration? Look, uh, I've always said I think the Trump administration deserves some credit for its work on vaccine development. But in terms of where the tide was when Joe Biden became president, the week before he became president, this country had a million people file for unemployment. The week he became president, 900,000. Uh, we were losing people at the rate of 3,000 to 4,000 a day for COVID. The two weeks before Joe Biden became president, more people died from COVID than during the Vietnam War. So that's the t where the tide was when Joe Biden became president. We weren't vaccinating people. Fewer than 1% of seniors were fully vaccinated when Joe Biden swore the oath of office. Today, that number is 70% in just 100 days. So yes, the vaccines were developed basically on science that came along before Donald Trump became president. Yes, the vaccines were developed basically on science that came along before Donald Trump became president. But sure, happy to give the Trump administration credit for moving that along. But the key thing isn't vaccines, it's vaccinations. It's getting those shots in people's arms. It's getting the economy turned around. That's what started when Joe Biden became president. And that's what we've made so much progress on these past 100 days. The first thing I want to do is to show how effective he was in pointing out, no, we had not turned the corner. And he didn't just say that. He enumerated all the things that were failing under Donald Trump at the turn of the presidency and how the Biden administration made it much better, made it go in a positive direction. Secondly, he gave a very important statement, made a very important statement. The fact of the matter is, this messenger RNA that is using the Moderna vaccine and the Pfizer vaccine, they didn't just happen as this coronavirus showed up. These were things under development for a very long time. So giving Donald Trump credit for something, what happened is the coronavirus gave this stuff an expedited use. Because since we are in an emergency, we take we took chances that we would not have otherwise taken, but this stuff was already developed by funding, where again? From the U.S. government. So remember, private companies don't take risks. They do not take unnecessary risks. Remember, corporations are pretty much socialists for the corporations. In other words, they throw the risk onto you. We only take things that we know work. That's it. And they knew that messenger RNA had a good chance of working long before the coronavirus came about. And if you doubt it, this article by KH and the Kelsey, Kelsey, um, that Kelsey network says it all. But there's one, there's one particular paragraph that I want to read on, on this stuff to let you know. Whereas they, they give you the impression that somehow, magically, these things were developed, the vaccines made by, here's what the article says, the vaccines made by Pfizer and Moderna, which are likely to be the first to win FDA approval, in particularly rely heavily on two fundamental discoveries that emerged from federally funded research. The viral protein designed by Graham and his colleague and the concept of RNA modification, first developed by Drew Wiseman and Kathleen Carico at the University of Pennsylvania. In fact, Moderna founders in 2010 named, and this is 2010, 10 years ago, named the company after the concept 
modified RNA equal Moderna, according to co-founder Robert Langer. So please, don't let, let it believe like this was some miracle that came about because of Operation Lightspeed or whatever Donald Trump called it that brought this to fruition. This has been years and years of government intervention, government funding, government providing, we the people, providing all the necessary assets to move our, not only our economy, to move our our medical our medical system forward. So don't let anybody fool you that, oh, these great corporations came to be and saved the world. They didn't. We the people provided the funding that the developed the technology needed that these corporations that are going to make a lot of profit on without giving us anything back, they are going to make the profit on it. Don't it. So uh, when Tim Scott comes out and give the impression like somehow President Joe Biden is giving away the shop, you want to spend all the government money. Remember, our government was responsible for the technology used to develop these vaccines that are going to save the world. And we the people, we the people deserve to actually get something out of having done all of this. We're back. Uh, Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Hi, hi Coop333. Thank you so kindly for those kudos, my brother. Thank you so kindly. Vince Vicente, me, me, me. Is that my Vince Gill? Oi, que paso, hermano? Que estas haciendo? Mi, mi, mi brother-in-law de, 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 de Panama. Welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, welcome. Paul Fleming, welcome. IVQ, Maywood. Uh, let's see, Michael Rutnin. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Uh, got to call my peeps out. Got to call my peeps out. Deborah John. Uh, how you doing, Deborah? Let's see who else we got here. Uh, Norman Reynolds. Uh, we've got... Uh, my eyes are going crazy. I know I'm not getting old. I'm, my birthday comes in May and I refuse to accept... Deborah John, welcome aboard. I refuse to accept that I'm making a new... I'm going into another decade. Hey, what can I say? Deb Denny, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see. Daniel Ledo, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see as I scroll up. I scroll up. I think I got Haikoop333. Of course I did. Uh, who else? Deb Denny, I think I got you. Oh, man. Uh, uh, Bruce Pollard, welcome aboard. Uh, Paul Fleming always says, checking in from Atlanta. And then who else just checked in from LA? Nanette Bird-Smith. Uh, let's see, I think, uh, Rod Valencia, bienvenido, uh, who else we've got here, uh, you know, it would be funny, a a Yvette Avery Herod, I always point out Yvette, because I I'm like a, I'm like a, um, what, what is it, Yvette is my hero, anybody that works with unions that are trying to unionize employees, that are working their butts off to give people power, it's like a turn on for me, because it's like, People power, we are getting, we're bringing it back to people. So I want you guys to keep her name in your little Rolodex. You know, the, those are the olden days. It's now in your, in your contact list, right? Because if you ever get an email from her or she comes on and, and talk to us again, says, hey, I'm raising some money to get to do this or unionize whatever or build that, you, we need to be there for her. 
All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue to see if I missed anybody. I probably missed a lot of you. If you go ahead and put your stuff back in the bottom of the, you know, as a new message, I'll pick you up. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for yard work for the next three days. See you on Monday. Anyhow, folks, look, thank you for being here. I just need to tell folks a few things because you were asking about why is it slowing down with the, with the, in, with the um, injections. First of all, I'm going to try to be kind. I, I want to tell the people who follow the Trumpists, please stop being so gullible. The vaccine has been taken by hundreds of millions of people now. And we really need people to start taking this vaccine to prevent the mutations. If, if, if the vaccine is active, we'll get mutations which will eventually render some of these vaccines moot. So everybody has to cooperate. If, look, if you want to kill yourself, it would be great only if you're not taking others with you. The problem is as you get sick and others get sick, you're changing the virus. You're making the virus a different type of virus that would require boosters, which means a hell of a lot more money for the, the vaccine manufacturers, the pharmaceuticals, a hell of a lot more debts for people who cannot cope with these variants. So in effect, you are complicit as well for allowing others to make you ignorant into killing others. Bottom line. Bottom line. So um, my, 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 my ask to you is to kindly, respectfully have others please take the vaccine. I've had both of mine already. My wife has had both. My daughter has had both. Uh, so we are mostly protected except if some crazy variant comes in. And with what's happening in India, because they have a right-wing government as well, that thought it was all okay to just open things crazily. Now they are going through what we could go through, which it's massive debts, not even in China, not even in Russia. Are we seeing what is happening in India right now and Brazil for that matter? So please, folks, take your vaccine. It's essential. Those of you who are, are supposedly moral and think of other people, Consider it your duty to save others. Now, there are another group of people that have a resistant. And I have, uh, and these are people who are used to the medical system not being fear with them. This is not one of those instances, people. Take the vaccine. Take the vaccine. Go get the vaccine. And with that, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is, please remember, if you're on YouTube, click that join button. Uh, please go ahead and get my book. I'm going to put that in the link real quickly. That's the link to get my book. And please remember to support us at Patreon. I'm going to put that Patreon link in there again. As well, please remember you can support us at PayPal. I'm going to put that link in there. And if you, whoops, get out, get in there. I guess I didn't pick up that PayPal link or what link am I missing? Yeah, the PayPal link. Let me get that PayPal link. And uh, if you want to also, uh, if you're not on YouTube, you can go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Folks, take the vaccine. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right, and you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out!
spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.